Thank you, worship team. Uh, welcome to Bethel Christian Fellowship. We're a house of prayer for all nations. God's called us to radiate life and joy, so that's what we're doing this morning. Uh, Pastor Steve, we're letting him stand up for a few minutes while he greets us back from the, uh, not quite the grave, but the hospital. Uh, fortunately, not back from the grave. Um, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to thank you all for your prayers. Isn't it, isn't it great to be able to magnify the Lord and bless the Lord? He doesn't need anything, but we still have opportunity to bless him. And it's great to bless him together. Um, it's great to be together with you. It was great to be together with you online last week, but I'm a little biased. I like this together better. I'm glad for everybody who's with us together online this week as well. And um, I just want to thank you so much for your prayers. I really felt all your prayers. Thank you for all the messages. Thank you for the prayers here, for the prayers throughout this time. And uh, God answered your prayers. And um, I, uh, the surgery was successful. The cancer is out. And uh, each day is a little better. And um, I had real peace and a sense of God's presence, which many of you prayed for me through the whole thing. And so, um, and thank you so much for being a healing community, for all the prayers, for all the messages, for all the food, for all the visits, for all the, all, all the things you thought about doing, but you just prayed for me. Sometimes it's better that, oh, it's, you know, I was, was going to do that, but then I just pray for people um, because we get more prayer that way. So um, I, I just want to thank you so much. Great. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's, let's pray for Brother James and pray for our hearts. Um, uh, James is going to bring the word to us, and then he's going to lead us in communion. So, uh, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you've raised up um, your servant, James. We've, we've received so much from him over the years in so many different ways, uh, in so many different capacities. Lord, we open our hearts to hear from you and ask that you would speak to us now through this word, guide us in your way, May we become more like Jesus, having heard this message. And Lord, we pray for our brother, you'd anoint him with power, that uh, when he speaks, your power would be with him, just like it was with Peter on the day of Pentecost, so that, that, um, uh, that, that it would break through into our, our ears, and that those listening online and those people who will, when this message goes viral, the message will, will, uh, will, will, will reach whoever it needs to reach and, uh, um, and, and bring glory to your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I always like to add my own prayers to the prayers because we everything we do um, that is worth life comes from above. Father God, we look to you. You are the author of life. You are the giver of life. You are the living word as well as the written word. I pray that you will come by your spirit today into us today. Make this time and this place and us yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to slide Brenda's mic over a little bit here. All right. I would like to preach today about living water and the river of God. This is related to Pastor Steve's theme on the overflowing and outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I got all excited when I heard that he was, that was his theme because me and several friends who are seeking God pretty regularly had sort of the same thing stirring in our hearts already. So um, I actually preached a similar message to this one 
back in October to ICF, International Christian Fellowship, because I was so excited about the river of God and the living water that we have in Jesus. So um, what, what you're hearing, it won't be anything new in terms of content, but I'm praying that it will be new in terms of spirit in you and through you. So Ezekiel 47 is where we start. It's the river of God. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water, living water, coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, where the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling outside. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and he led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? And he led me back to the bank of the river, and when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live there. Wherever the river flows, there'll be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Revelation 22. Revelation 22. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of, the God, of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Psalm 46. Verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob 
is our fortress. Come see what the Lord has done. Desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Friends, we are in the lifeline of the water of life when we come to Jesus. Water flows from his throne, and we are in that river. Everything else is in uproar and turmoil, but because the river flows through the city of God, we can be at peace and be still and know he is God. He's the one who makes the war cease. We can't do it. We don't win by a bigger army, so now there's peace. No, we win because the Lord says, stop, be still. He makes war cease. He shatters the spears, burns the shields. All right. There's lots of river references in scripture. Some of them are just human boundaries, and they're always a place of contention. But some of them are points of um, crossing over for the purposes of God. And some of them are life-giving flow in the, in the purposes of God. Andrew quoted a few weeks, a few months ago, about um, Psalm 36, verse 8, talks about the river of delights. River of delights. It's not just it's not just power and life, but it's delightful to be there. When I read Ezekiel and Revelation, I'm thinking water, clear as crystal. I love water. I love water. When I'm walking by and I see a stream, I go look at it. I don't just go, oh, that's nice. Water of life. Um, there's a verse in Isaiah 44.3 that God will pour out water on parched ground. Parched ground. We got some parched ground around us, don't we, in spirit? God will pour out. We don't pour out the water. God pours out water on parched grounds. And it says explicitly that he will pour his spirit on our children. So it's not just we generate the, the water from ourselves and pour it out to give someone a drink, but him in us enables the water of life to flow out onto parched grounds. That's where it's needed. And give life to our kids, through our, to those who follow us in spirit. Isaiah 58 says that we, we will be like a well-watered garden and with unfailing springs of water. Psalm 23, very familiar. Make me lie down in green pastures by quiet waters. My cup overflows. I'm not measuring the water that he gives me. I'm not preserving it. I'm drinking deep and it overflows. There's a contrast Jeremiah 2:13. He says in Jeremiah, he's pretty upset with God's people, and he says, God says, they have forsaken me, the spring of living waters, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. See, we have, we're, it's like the river is in the midst of the city, and we go, oh, I don't know if it's enough, so we better have a little reserve over here, and we dig a cistern for ourselves so that we know we've got enough water if the drought comes. And God's saying, they've forsaken me for this? 
And God's really upset with them, and he's sending all these invaders against Israel. It's his own people, he had to send invaders, take them out, to say, it's me that's life, not, not, those, not your armies, not your alliances with pagan powers. It's me that is your source of life. Just to mix analogies for you a minute, the river has some power in it. And in Daniel chapter 7, it talks about it as the river of fire from the throne of God. How's the same river from the throne of God, water clear as crystal and fire? Have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Water, fire, breath of life, air, wind, fire. Pneuma is the Greek word. It's where we get pneumatic, like tires. Or, you know, There's breath in it. There's life in it. There can be fire. There can be a gentle whisper. There can be a, a storm wind. Because God's spirit is alive, living, and active. And we have access to the river of life because he flows through the center of the city. One more, and then we're going to move on. Psalm 84 talks about how, how lovely is your dwelling place, O God. And we, we know that. We sing songs about that and everything else. But there's my favorite part in that psalm is they're on a journey. They have set their heart on pilgrimage, Psalm 84. Set their heart on pilgrimage. They're journeying to get to the house of God. We're not there yet. Oh, God, there's ways that we are and there's ways that we're not there yet, right? And they pass through the valley of Baca. That's um, wilderness or tears, depending on your translation. They pass through the valley of Baca. Valley of wilderness. Anyone tasted some valleys of wilderness lately? It becomes a place of springs and of rains and a place of pools. And we, God's people, go from strength to strength until we reach the city of God. So even in the wilderness places, even when it's really dry ground, God has water of life for us. And he pours it out and it feels like so parched. And we cry and our tears bring life to the parched ground. Because life is in us, in Jesus, and in his spirit. And so it's dry, so I don't say, oh, I can't cry. I need the moisture. No, we just weep because we're alive and we care. And so we weep. Yes, I cry all the time. It is for life. And he has life in us and out from us. And the wilderness becomes a place of springs and pools. And we go from strength to strength until we arrive in Zion. He's not going to say, you, you almost made it, James. Three more paces would have been good. Too bad. I always feel sorry for the fourth place runners in Olympics. You know, oh, so close, so close. Maybe they could have fallen down. Then you'd be in and they'd be out. Oh, till each one arrives in Zion. God cares so much about each one of us. All right, so rivers, and I'm really excited about the power of the life of God. Oh, one other thing. How hard does a river work? We see it in the, right here in Ford Bridge. You go over, and it's kind of like, looks like kind of a free fall, even when the water's low. Um, that water gets to the Gulf of Mexico eventually. How hard did it work at that? It's the nature of water to flow. It is the nature of life of God to flow. We don't dredge it up. We don't dig the well. We let it flow in and through us, okay? 
I want us so much to transition from feeling like we've got to do it all right to um, open, receive, and give. Open, receive, and give. Not because we're dredging it up, but it's in us because he is alive. And it's an, a spring of unfailing waters, so we don't have to measure it. I'm kind of, okay, I'm a steward of my time and resources, believe it or not. And so I go, okay, I will invest in this person or this project, and I will not invest in this person or project. Or I mean, I still care about you, but I'm not going to invest big time like I do in some other people. Or situations. So, but, so I measure the resources, but God doesn't measure his love or life for us. He's unmeasured in his love for us. It's an overflowing cup. He's not like limited by the limitations of James. He, he's limited by the limitations of spirit, of life, of eternity. How, how do you put a cap on the love of God? Okay. All right. Now, I got really excited about this because I realized that the river of God is also, I'm stretching a little bit here, but Jesus speaks of living water that comes from our hearts. So I want to link the river of God and the river of living, the living waters that Jesus plants in our hearts. So that's where I want to take us right now. Because this isn't just church talk theory where we go, oh, it's a nice river, good sermon, nice scenery, I took a few pictures and now we're home. It's like a way of life that Jesus wants to impart in us and through us so that we can live with it and share life with it, okay? So, John chapter 4 and verse 14. Jesus spoke to the lady at the well. It's just one verse. You don't have to look it up. I'll, I'll just read it for you. Whoever drinks the water that I will give them, whoever drinks the water that I will give them, that I, Jesus, will give them, will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them, Jesus says, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, was this a good church lady he was talking to, my friends? How would she feel if she walked in here today? How would we react to her if she walked in here today? She went by herself so she didn't have to face everyone who knew all about her. But Jesus knew all about her and said, water of life for you. The first one who received the clear announcement that Jesus was Messiah. This lady, broken past, five husbands and the one she's with now isn't. Her husband, you know, she's been looking for love and she hasn't found it. And then she finds the water of life and it makes all the difference. And she goes and tells all her friends, come see. He told me everything. And she's not ashamed of that right now. It's like he knows me and he still loves me. But I got to tell you about him. So water of life, river of God into this broken woman. And out from this broken woman into her community. And they stayed four days or something like that and ate up. They didn't even want, the disciples didn't even want to go through their town, right? It's the wrong kind of people. It's not us, you know. But that, Jesus said, no, we got to go here. And we got to meet this lady. And she's got to get life and everything will be different. Oh, my friends, I long to be that kind of 
receiver of the life and love of God, where Jesus comes in and touches something so deep that it don't matter what was, what now, what matters is what is in me through Jesus. All right, one more, um, and we've got a couple more things to say, but um, anyway, one more, one more scripture from this idea, John 7, 37, 39. John 7. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood, he's always showing up, isn't he? Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, he didn't just say, hey, knock, knock, excuse me, I'm, I'm Asian, so I'm a little bit, you know, a little shy or something, but Jesus, he wasn't shy. Hey, anyone, whoever hears my word, anyone who's thirsty, anyone thirsty? Anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. My friends, has the spirit been given? Yes. Has Jesus been glorified? And there's more coming, but it has been done. It has been given. And now we who are thirsty have streams of living water flowing from within us. We don't measure it. We don't meter it. We just pour it out because he pours it in. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference that Jesus makes in these broken lives of ours. Because he makes a difference. It's not just like, okay, I got the water. I'm good to go now. Bye. See you next week. There's an inner transformation that Jesus makes. And um, I'm going to share some references for that. Sorry, I've been in Costa Rica for two weeks and my notes did not follow me there. So... <laughs> A blessed trip. Okay, so he makes a difference in our lives, and we become new people, and we have a new kind of purpose in life. The, the lady at the well, first she's just going to draw water, but then she's trying to tell everyone about what had happened. So in 2 Corinthians 5, God is um, making us into ambassadors for the kingdom of God. I'm going to read it, and then I'll say a little bit about it. 2 Corinthians 5, God was reconciling the world to himself. Yes, we need reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Remember the woman at the well? He is committed to us, that's you and me. Oh, except for you, no. To us, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God is making his appeal through us. My brother was a career um, diplomat of sorts. He worked for U.S. Foreign Service. So we talked a lot, a fair bit, about um, U.S. foreign policy and foreign service. And when you're in the U.S. government employee as a foreign service, um, when he, he has four kids and three of them were born on different continents, okay? So he's been all over. Um, but... When you're in the U.S. government service, you speak for the government, not for your own opinion. So he had, he worked how many decades um, in foreign service and so some administrations he liked. 
and some administrations he didn't like. He couldn't just choose which administrations he would be a spokesman for. Okay? We're, our agenda, all of a sudden, it's not about us and our opinion. It's about who I'm serving, who am I serving, and what did they want to say in this situation. So I don't like the lady from the well. Well, maybe I do, but <laughs> maybe the wrong way. You know, anyway, but the agenda is what does God want for her, not what do I think of her. Again, if she walked in here, what would you think? How would you treat her? So we, when we are in ambassadors for the kingdom, we are in his service, not our own heart, not our own opinion. We have so many opinions. We need truth. We need the heart of God. A little fewer opinions and a little more truth. Okay, a couple more. We become the fragrance of Christ. Now, what, okay, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. We're not on the losing side in this. We're not on the losing side in this. Through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. We are the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To ones we smell like death, to the other the Fragrance of life. I, I'm not into perfumes, okay? I, I walk in fancy places and I see the fancy perfumes. And the more fancy it is, the worse it smells and the more you paid for it. There's something internal that God did in you that comes out. You're not, remember I said the river doesn't work? It just flows. So if, can the fragrance of Christ just flow through you? Will you let that in and let that out? The fragrance, he, he changes our nature. So instead of being an old sourpuss, I'm, I become life-giving and pleasant to be around. You know, there's some people, when, they, when you're with them, it's just like pleasant to be with them. And there's some people who you really watching, wondering if they're done yet. <laughs> Can we be life-giving aroma? A couple more. We become living stones built together, not solitary, into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. We're not about our own agenda. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And then he says it stronger. Um, um, First Peter 2. You, my friends, are a chosen people. You're not here by chance. Royal priesthood. You've got some royal blood in you. Holy nation, people belonging to God. Belonging is such a big word to me. I want to know where I belong, who I belong to. Belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Water of life, river of life in us. I want to throw you a little bit of a curve. Ezekiel 47, where we started, says the river that flows out from the throne of God. The Hebrew says two rivers. Two rivers flow out. And all the translators go, that can't be right, so they put it as one river. If you look at the original Hebrew, it's two rivers. Even the 
Septuagint, the LXX, the, 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 the Jewish translation from Hebrew into Greek went with one river. I kind of think the two rivers is right, and I'm going to tell you why. I believe that the river of God, talking about the spirit and the river of God, combines, that's why it multiplies, it combines with our spirit and our life and becomes two rivers. Zechariah, there's one that flows east and one that flows west. And you're going, how the two rivers from the same place? How come it's split like that? It's one river, but it's got two expressions. It's one spirit, and it comes out of us, and it comes from above. Two rivers from the throne of God. When Pentecost happened, Acts 2, it's cloven flames. It's two flames. And going, that don't make sense. Make it one flame. No, it's two flames. God's spirit and our spirit kindled together. When you light a fire, you put your fire there, but that becomes, becomes a fire too, right? So part of my prayer for today is may his fire rekindle our fire so that we can become the other part of that flame of life or that rivers, uh, rivers of life flowing from his throne. And we don't have to measure it because it keeps flowing. All right. So Jesus makes a difference in us. We live by the river. We live in the river. We taste it. We pour it out. We internalize the life of Jesus. I want to share, this is here for Andrew to wash his hair. <laughs> Water of life, just an illustration. Okay, I've got a glass and I've got a bowl of water. Um, is the cup in the glass, is in the water? Is the water in the cup? Something wrong? Is the water in the cup? Is the cup in the water? Something wrong? In this context, cup in the water, water in the cup, Christ in us, us in Christ. The water flows in and out. It's not a separate thing. The two flames, two rivers are one river. Water of life, we taste it. We pour it out. We don't lose anything because there's more to pour in. I'm going to leave the cup in the water, and I pray that his life, this will be you in the water. Him in you, you in him. Now, I want to go to a different place, which is the table. We've got communion today. If you're at home online, then we ask you to go ahead and grab something. I forgot to even pick up some myself. That's okay. I've been there plenty of times. Oh, thank you. Oh, behind me, thank you. Um, there, thank you, thank you. All right, now I, can, now I can do it right. Thank you kindly. You know what? We all need help, self very much included. Thank you. We all need help. All right. I thought this would be fitting for me to bring you here instead of Andrew or Steve, just because I've been talking about taking Christ into us and then sharing that life out from us. So at the communion table, 
we take Christ's life into us. There's a life for a life. There's a life for a life. He paid big so that we could have life. And today, we do a remembrance of his life. I received from the Lord, received from the Lord, we didn't make this up, but I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. There is a price to this. There is a price to this. Don't take it lightly. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Receive that as an individual as well as a congregation. Jesus gave his body for you. Nobody left out. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't hold anything back. You poured yourself out so freely for us. Oh, Jesus, help us be like you. Let your inner work, your inner transition, transformation change us to become like you in Jesus' name. Father, we don't know how to work at this, and it doesn't get us where we want to be. But we pray your river of life will flow freely in us and through us, and we will be immersed in your water of life and share it freely in Jesus' name. The same way after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant. The old covenant had a lot of rules. The new covenant has a lot of life. This cup, we get to be part of this. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's a price. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. When you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink. I'm going to pray and ask the worship team to come on up. I'll pray while they're coming. Oh, Jesus. You know so much better than we do. And you have so much more for us than we can even imagine. God, help us not measure the cost of what you're asking of us, but pour freely as you have given freely to us. Thank you that you just love us, no matter what. That's the first word, Alpha and Omega. The first word is love. The last word is love. I can't get over that. He starts with love. He ends with love. There's no not love in God. Jesus, thank you that you love us so freely. Father, I pray for that inner transition of your water of life, the overflow of your river of life that will make the salty water fresh and bring life wherever we go. I pray in Jesus' almighty name. Amen.